the Ben Coley podcast. How you doing? You're listening to the Ben Coley podcast. Hope you've had a good week. Um, and it's just more geekiness, more music to delve into. I've got some really exciting artists for you this week. I always talk about my favourite new unsigned artists, my commentary on the latest music news. I talk about my favourite song of the week and my favourite album of the week. They're absolute knockouts this week, especially my favourite album of the week. It's been one of my favourite albums that I've heard in a long time. I'll get to that in a little bit. Um, But essentially what the Ben Coley podcast is, is a snapshot of the past week in music. My little take on music over the past week. If you're like me, you love all different types of genres, you love all styles of music, then this is a really good opportunity for you to touch base with some different sounds, collect some new songs for your library and crack on. A little bit before I start, if there's any artist that you want to run past me or you've got any questions for any new future episodes, please hit me up on my socials. That's at BenColey97 on Twitter or underscore BenColey on Instagram. I'd really appreciate it when someone pops up to me and just says, hey Ben, check this out, check this out. Have you heard this song? This is really good. I love that because at the end of the day, even if I've heard it already, it's just nice to know that someone thinks of me like, oh, you know, maybe Ben might like this. Ben could talk about it. Uh, which is exactly what's happened this week. Someone popped up and said, listen to this album, and it's blown me away. As well, copyright, all of the artists that I've approached, all of the unsigned artists that I've approached, I've asked them for full copyright permission, which they've given me. They own full copyright to their songs, and they're not signed, so they're not part of a major label where there'd be any discrepancies over copyright permission or anything like that. They've given me permission to use some snippets of their songs, which is great. You'll get to hear some amazing music today. Also, the links to all of the artists for you to go and check out if you want to, for you to go and listen to their music again, for you to check them out live, for you to follow them. All the links are in the description. So you can literally just, as soon as you finish listening to the podcast, click on the description, click on the link, and then you'll be able to find the music straight away. Okay, so my Under the Radar artists this week are all fantastic, and there's a real eclectic mix of sounds here. First up, we've got Hadara. Um, She's really good. She's really good. She's a female solo artist, and she's writing a really nice mix of piano-led pop, but there's also some electronica thrown into the mix as well. I'd most liken it, if anything, to the sort of stuff that Freya Ridings is bringing out. It's these songs that ultimately, at the core of it, are really well-written, well-structured songs, but they're so immaculately well-produced on top. There's lots of whistles and bells that make the songs even better and bring the songs to life a little bit more. So Hadara is a classically trained singer and pianist, uh, and she taught herself guitar. She went to the Brit School, and she was shortlisted for Song ATV's Best Songwriting Award. Doesn't surprise me at all. I think that she's got some fantastic songs under her belt, and she's writing songs that are clocking in at around three minutes. They're short songs, but she kind of trims all the fat on the songs, and she's telling you exactly what she wants to in a very short, succinct amount of time. Um, Also, she's been getting loads of radio airplay. Joe Wiley and Dermot O'Leary have been really supportive of her by playing her music, and she's also been picked up by BBC Introducing as well, which, of course, if you're into the likes of George Ezra, Catfish and the Bottleman, BBC Introducing is no joke. It really is a platform that goes on to 
hoist so many artists into the into the sort of limelight, into the spotlight. It starts off an awful lot of careers. The track that I'm going to talk about is called Skin Deep, which isn't the main single, but it's one of the tracks taken off her latest EP called Hurts. And the latest EP was produced by Carrie Willits, or Carrie Willits. And she's produced the likes of Dermot Kennedy, Freya Ridings. So again, you're, see, you're seeing the names join up now. I said, I'm hearing some Freya Ridings in there and the producer that's worked on this very song has worked with Freya Ridings and you can hear that crossover. Okay, so Skin Deep, it starts with this nice simple piano progression and the piano chords are quite syncopated, a bit offbeat and they're just outlining very simple chords. There's an awful lot of breathing space between the piano chords. It's kind of setting it up straight away for more to be added on top. And with that come some really nice vocals. At the initial opening of the song, you hear oohs. It's ooh, ooh, ooh. But they're sang in octaves. And I think that when you hear when you hear a voice multi-tracked, it sounds really rich and full. It sounds great. So check this out. This is the opening of the track. Uh, and then it goes into this very beautifully well-written verse with quite a subtle regimented beat behind it. And it's then joined by these beautiful string swells, leading to quite a euphoric chorus. So tell me what you want, boy. The perfect lips, but no noise. I don't know if I can think straight around you. I'm not gonna lie, I like keeping you close. Good stuff. I like what I'm hearing. So far, so good. And the chorus, for me, really shows off Hadara's voice. Um, She's kind of belting out the chorus. It's definitely in the upper reaches of her vocal range, but it's not at the top of her vocal range. So she's still managing to hit these big notes with a lot of power, a lot of confidence, but she's still comfortable. She's still able to nail the vocal line and sit on top of the note and sing it very comfortably. As well, check out the second verse. This is leading into the second chorus. It's just full of great hooks. So show me what you got, boy. All you say to me is white noise. Don't tell me what I'm looking for It's skin deep I'm not gonna lie I like keeping you close Close I'm not gonna lie I like killing you slow I love how in the chorus as well, if you listen closely, you hear these real subtle backing vocals. Again, not really forming any words, it's just like oohs and ahs, but they might be pitch shifted a little bit. They're kind of just floating around and there's quite sort of these angular melodies in the backdrop, but it kind of fits in quite nicely with the rest of the chorus. Okay, so here's the middle eight section. And to someone like me that's not trained classically with singing, it sounds like this would be such a difficult melody to formulate in your mouth. It would be a very difficult melody to 
to sing and actually execute well because there's a lot of angular leaps in the melody, but then there's also some sort of um, semitone increments that are brought into it as well. So it's kind of it's kind of uh, there's a, it's quite demanding vocally. There's a lot that's going on, but she does it effortlessly. She breezes through it. It's almost like she's got total command over her voice. Uh, it just doesn't surprise me at all that she's classically trained when you hear her voice. She's just really razor sharp and focused with her songwriting. She's got a real clear delivery. She knows what sort of song she wants to write. She knows how she wants to lay it down. She knows how she wants to present the song to the listener. And I think that overall, Hadara has got these songs that are well written, but then there's this immaculate, polished production that's put on top. Okay, so Serena Joy are the next artists I'm going to be talking about. They're an indie rock band from Lincoln. They're a very punchy indie rock band, um, writing some really strong songs, some really watertight choruses. You've got Joe Brundell on vocals, Scott Lakin on guitar. You've got Adam Laver on bass and then Josh King on drums. And Joe, Scott, Adam and Josh are writing really good songs. Their most recent song they brought out is one called Cold Shoulder. I'm going to get straight into it, see what you think of this. <laughs> I'm immediately from the off hearing a lot of Libertine's influence in there and I think that comes with the lead guitar because the lead guitar sits right at the forefront of the mix. It's it's mixed right on top of everything else, very brash, very in your face, but it's this really nice melodic lead where it's just repeating the same motif over and over but it's super catchy and I really like the immediacy of this track as well. It opens up straight away with the crash cymbal, bass and guitar all comes in together. It's like this immediate wall of sound that hits you. And the drums are really heavy on this as well. They're very ride heavy. You can hear uh, Josh on the drums going for it on the ride. There's quite a lot of snare action as well. And the snare sounds really snappy. So I don't know who, I don't know who mixed this. I don't know if they do it themselves or if they get someone else in to do it for them. But the drums sound really punchy. So fair play for that. And also, Joe's vocals have such charisma about them. He's got this little bit of grit in his voice, but then also he's singing the lyrics with this kind of breezy attitude, but it really works for that sound. The verse melody is just so catchy as well, I'm sure you'll agree. Now here's the chorus, and listen out for the hook uh, with the lyrics, where there's sort of some additional syllables that are added into the phrase, and it's, well, I'm getting close to falling over, I realise I'm just getting older. Uh, that's probably my favourite part of the chorus. I really cotton on to that.
Converse, I'm hearing a lot of Kings of Leon influences, actually. And the reason why I say that is, sonically, this song doesn't sound like Kings of Leon. Like I said, it sounds more like a Libertines track. But, in terms of what, what Kings of Leon do really well, is they have lots of parts that on their own would sound a bit bleak or a bit meaningless or kind of wouldn't really make much sense on their own. But you put them together and it almost fits like a jigsaw perfectly. I've always thought that Kings of Leon have a really good knack for choosing their parts really well and writing these parts that overall fit and meld together. And that's what these guys are doing. Um, it's a very Jared Followill bass line. And then as well with that, you've got this broken guitar chord that's repeated round and round in the pre-chorus. And then there's parts that you can hear Josh on the drums accenting the snare slightly differently in the pre-chorus, which I think adds quite a nice mix just before the chorus hits. And then as you get towards the end, there's these really neat little hi-hats that are added in, some very busy, sizzling hi-hats. You've got these chiming synths that come in that have a little bit of sparkle to them. And then the guitar solo, even though it's quite short-lived, it's a really captivating solo because it's it's got some really nice melodic hooks in there, but then the guitar is really trebly. It almost sounds slightly electronic or digitised. Serena Joy with their track Hold Shoulder. It's sick. Fair play. Really, really like it. It's a song that I think is as playful and as charismatic as it is infectious. And ultimately, it's just four guys that clearly have a good understanding for how to piece a song together. They're all really good at their instruments, but they know when to take a step back and play more simpler parts that add together for the benefit of the song that they're playing, which I really like. Now, here's an artist that I think is daring to be a little bit different. I haven't really heard another unsigned artist like this at all. I say haven't really. I haven't. It's, it is very different. Um, and I like to see an unsigned artist with not much of a following carving their own path. So we've got Nat F. That's what we got here. Natalie, I'm assuming. Nat F. Uh, she's 23 years old. She's from Vegas. It's quite a difficult sound to pigeonhole. I'd say alt-pop. And the emphasis really is on alternative she's got kind of got this mix of electronica tropical house and alternative pop going on 
Uh, and this particular track that I'm going to play for you called Art, in brackets, R.I.P., Art R.I.P., was written under her staircase, and apparently she uses an old version of Garage Band to put together what I think are some pretty complex and intricate sounds. So I'm going to get straight into the track, and what immediately strikes me is Nat's vocal style and her vocal delivery. She's got a very hushed delivery with her vocal. It's not a powerful voice by any stretch. It's more of an intimate, subtle voice. And I think at points her voice almost sounds quite ethereal. It reminds me of this sort of hybrid crossover between sort of the delivery of Billie Eilish, but then the sound of someone like Grimes, something like that. And then as soon as you hear this vocal melody come in right at the start, it's joined by quite a subtle bass line. There's some nice percussive sounds that are in there, some quite heavily affected sounds. And the chorus that you're going to hear is instantly mesmerising. going into the second verse but again it's hard to just label this as being here's the second verse here's the pre-chorus here's the next chorus because I don't think that Nat F does things by the book she's got this really good ability I think to put together a patchwork of all these different sounds and ideas but they don't conform to the regular features of a pop song instead you'll be hearing the same style of vocals but some fragmented synth work that comes in you'll be hearing that as opposed to a chorus so listen out but the chorus does eventually come a little bit later not where you'd expect it to come in and it sounds it sounds even better second time through sounds tasty Yes, Nat. It's what we like. And uh, there's a clip now from the end of the song, uh, towards the end of the song, and it almost reminds me of Gautier. Again, not in terms of the sound, but Gautier has the ability to get lots of small sounds and piece them together to create quite dense layers in his music. So see what you think. See if you can draw that comparison.
Matt F is top draw. Really like it. And it's just different, man. It's just... It's, it's got something about it that I just think you're not hearing in day-to-day music. She's clearly full steam ahead, doing her own thing, cr- sort of trying to craft her own sound and have her own niche. And I think that's great because there's so many unsigned artists these days that try and follow try and follow their heroes and you know that they, they listen to a certain artist that they love and they'll take total influence from that and it, it just doesn't sound originally it sounds just like a rip-off whereas Matt F is just leading the way I love it okay so there's not been loads of music news this week it's been a little bit dry on the news front but I'll tell you what Twitter has been kicking off All because Slipknot played at the O2 Arena. And honestly, I've seen so many tweets just saying Slipknot were awesome last night. Slipknot was sick. Slipknot was so heavy. Absolutely crushed it. Absolutely nailed it. So many videos have been going up and it did look incredible. The stage setup looked great. Slipknot looked just borderline intimidating on stage. And it was so cool to see these videos of this Slipknot gig of people from all ages, all walks of life. You had people from different ethnic backgrounds, people of all sizes, it seems like Slipknot, even though they're a metal genre, they're bringing this polarising sound, and they're presenting it to the masses, and I think that's pretty, that's pretty cool, pat on the back to those guys, because I think they've, they've really transformed the genre of metal, I think, they've, they've brought a, a heavy, gritty sound, to people from all walks of life, and it brings people together, I know that sounds a little bit wet of me, like, it brings people together, but it's, it's cool to see, um, and it looked like they were touring, well, they've been touring their last album that they brought out called We Are Not Your Kind, which I had a listen to. Really enjoyable album. Another bit of news, BTS, uh, K-pop, they're the first ever Korean artist to land a platinum-selling album in the US. Now, I don't care if you never listen to K-pop at all. Truth be told... I don't really listen to K-pop all that much. I've listened to BTS. They're not too bad. They're they're good. Um, It's it's good pop music, but I don't really listen to them. But you cannot deny that that is impressive. You know, it's it's a genre that is at times quite alien to Western styles of music. It's, It's drawing off a different language, of course, so we can't necessarily understand the lyrics. We can't sing along to it as such. But to get that sort of reaction in America is so impressive. So it says this on... Uh, Where did I get this? I found this on NME. So it was the band's album called Love Yourself Answer, and it sold over one million units. Jesus. And basically, a unit is defined as being one album sale, or ten tracks sold from an album, or 1,500 streams, according to the RIAA's guidelines. In short, that's just a lot of sales. That is a lot of sales. Okay, so My Chemical Romance have announced a UK gig. A couple of, couple of episodes back, I, I mentioned how they were teasing a gig. They've now announced a gig. It's huge. They're playing Milton Keynes Stadium on June the 20th. But then, get this, the 30,000 capacity venue sold out in 30 minutes, which is so crazy. It's so cool to see that My Chemical Romance have that resonance about them. And that they're still they're still causing this reaction from fans. It's a massive fair play to them. They've taken a 12-year break, something like that. Like a 10 to 12-year break. And they're coming back and they're selling out stadiums in half an hour. It's absolutely mental. Um, so yeah, 
it'd be interesting to see how that gig goes. I'm sure they're absolutely going to smash it. So because of the ridiculous demands, they've added an extra date. So now they're now playing the Milton Keynes Stadium uh, on June the 20th and the 21st. Okay, my song of the week is Jay Huss, Fight For Your Right. It's uh, a track taken off Jay Huss's new album called Big Conspiracy, which is fantastic. I really enjoyed it. It's got a great mix of grime, Afrobeat, um, and some sort of auto-tuned, laced R&B. And for me, this was the track of the album, and I want to make it my song of the week. It's a really vibrant and captivating song that sees Jay Huss rapping over a very bold, in-your-face beat. And there's some nice synth chords to support it. There's not loads that's going on. It's just these nice synth swells that are supporting this heavy beat. But it really works. It makes a lot of room for Jay Huss's vocals. And he's got such a great voice. The chorus is stellar. It's channeling, I think, his Gambian heritage. Because um, there's this slight world sound, this slight Afrobeat quality to it. Which works so well for the, for the context of the song. And lyrically... I think Jay Huss has been so playful. And that's what I love about his lyrics. He said, how are you going to run the world when you can't even run your life? I'm Destiny's child every day I survive. And he delivers it in this real low, this low, resonant, booming voice. And it just sounds great. The mix is amazing. It's a real simple song over a very simple but effective instrumental. And I think Jay Huss just sounds so relaxed, so at ease with his sound, fully confident. It's almost like he wants to be fully leading the way this year with starting off 2020 with potentially one of the outlining rap grime albums of the year. My album of the week is an absolute stunner. A mate of mine called Will McMorland. Shout out, Will. Thanks for the suggestion. He said, check out this by Andy Shelf. It's called The Neon Skyline. It's a brand new album from him. I love Andy Shalf. I've, uh, I've been listening to him for a good couple of years now. He's fantastic. He's a Canadian singer-songwriter. I really love what he's doing. And his last album called The Party was one of my favourite singer-songwriter albums in a long while. It might even be in my top ten singer-songwriter albums. It's absolutely fa- fantastic, that album. And when Will recommended this to me, uh, I completely forgot that Andy Shalf bought out a new album. It was on my radar, but then I completely forgot about it. In order for me to talk about the album, though, there's a bit of pre-context that I need to put your way. So this is his fourth studio album, and it's Andy Shelf doing what Andy Shelf does best. You're very much going through the tunnels of his mind. You're delving deep into his perspective, his outlook on life, and you're entering his headspace. And this album's no different to The Party, which was his last third album. It's an 11-track album spanning 35 minutes in total, so it's nice and succinct. It's not overstaying its welcome in any sense. And I can draw a lot of similarities between his latest album and his last album. Uh, The reason being is he follows another concept. And this is where Andy Shelf really comes into his own. He, He provides the listener with a concept. His last album was him arriving at a party. Each successive track takes you through his experience at the party, him chatting to a girl, him falling out with a friend, him getting too drunk. It's following this constant narrative all the way through, this constant concept. This album details out the scenario of a character, in this case Andy Shalf, him being sat in a bar, drinking to forget his ex-girlfriend. And throughout 
the album, it spans over the course of this evening. So it starts off with him getting to the bar and carries on throughout the rest of the album, detailing out how the rest of his night unfolds. And the narrative constantly flipped between his first-person accounts, but also random conversations he has with his friends or random daydreams that he'll be having just when he's thinking to himself, when he's just consoling to himself. And the songs that are written here fit the theme perfectly. As a concept, I absolutely love it. And it's delivered in such a simple way, but the concept really carries perfectly. It's like I said, you're in this late night bar um, and the neon skyline is literally the bar that he's in. It's called the neon skyline. And you can almost hear the sound of cups or decanters rattling around. You can hear, almost hear the white noise of people talking or the hubbub of the bar that he's in. You, you're, it's almost like you're sat there next to him. You can picture everything. He's got this amazing knack for saying a narrative in such plain detail, in such a human way, that it really taps into your emotions, but also you fully get what he's on about. You're sat there with him. It's like a story. It's lyrically fantastic. The one song that particularly grabbed me in terms of lyrics was Dust Kids. Um, and it's it's such a clever take on what happens after death. And there's been a lot of songs that are about that, about what happens after death. But this is a really nice twist on that. This is Andy Shelf talking to his friend Charlie in the bar. And his friend Charlie asks him, do you believe in reincarnation? And Andy basically goes on to say, no, I don't. But I've had a few dreams where I've kind of... Uh, been reincarnated and Andy basically goes on to say that he wants to sit in heaven watching over his ex-lover until he's brought back to life which I just found such a heart-wrenchingly stunning lyric and it's delivered with just this absolute conviction that you're just there like this guy is heartbroken you can feel that in his voice um, the, the lyrics if I died and you died too we could sit up in heaven and choose to live on together I mean, man, that crushed me. That lyric is stunning. Yeah, it's just it's just an absolutely stunning album. And I love the track as well, Try Again. And this is where Andy Shelf finds himself caught in a moment in a grey area between drunkenness and chivalry, where he opens the door for a girl and starts chatting to a girl and starts um starts flirting with her basically. And it's it's an uplifting part of the album that's I think about track eight track nine so it's just before the end and it has it's a really nice break from what up until then is such a sad selection of songs and it offers this optimism that yeah he's lost his ex-girlfriend and he's gutted about it and he's drinking his sorrows to forget uh, sorry he's drinking to forget his sorrows but it's this moment of optimism where even in his drunken dreary mind space he's thinking do you know what there's, there's still there's still opportunities for me moving forward, which I think that feeling of being in despair but seeing this light and acting upon it is something that, as human beings, we can all relate to. At first, when I listened to this album, I was very dubious as to whether or not the songs would live up to the songs written in The Party, because I've got so much love for that album. It's such a nostalgic album for me that I've really grown to love over time. After a couple of listens to this album, I can safely say in my opinion, that the songs off The Neon Skyline are better than The Party. I think the concept is stronger as well, and I think somehow the songs are even more polished, and I never thought I'd be saying that, but it really is a stunning album. And if you just want an album to listen to 
to just appreciate the craft of songwriting, to appreciate the craft of melody writing, to appreciate the craft of someone that genuinely pours their heart onto a sheet of paper to convey what, exactly how they're feeling and what they're thinking. And thanks to Will for recommending it to me as well. Top man, top man. Okay, so that's episode seven. Thanks so much for listening, as always. And remember to check out the description. That's where you can go and find the unsigned artist that I've been talking about. Thanks, I'll catch you next time. The Ben Coley Podcast.